Flames TV podcast back. That was a sound effect right there. A nice little pound. <laughs> Just to get things cracking on a Saturday. You know uh, we have the actual tools nope. to do that. Right? No, I prefer manual manual sound. Going to be beatboxing here yeah. on the next episode. Stay tuned. I'll work <laughs> on that. I'll workshop that. Uh, welcome back, Flames TV Podcast. Day number three of Calgary Flames Main Training Camp. Uh, the Daily. Call it The Daily. I know there is a daily show. It's far more famous than this one, but uh, we'll just call this one The there Daily. Are, there are no other shows. There are this no, is the that's show. Right. That's right. Uh, Brendan Parker alongside Ryan Dietrich will have Pat Steinberg stop in in a moment. Uh, we also have Rasmus Anderson on the pod here today. Calgary Flames uh, top minute logging defenseman from one year ago and uh, probably expect him to slot right back into that spot again this year. Oh, yeah. Without question. Um, so we'll hear a few things, some of his observations early on coming up in just a minute. But um, this is kind of uh, this is kind of an interesting day because uh, obviously pace remains high, but you get to that point where you know three on ice sessions and things will start to change now going forward because we've got back to back game days, which is a little unusual in terms of a preseason, and it's yeah. three games in two days, yeah, especially the first batch of games too. Back to backs in the preseason, pretty yeah. regular, but usually sure. you get it couple in first, mm-hmm. so. This will definitely be an interesting wrinkle because there's still a lot of players here in camp, as we all know. Very much so. 60-plus still. I think it was 64 right off the top. So, you know, that third group, I would say, largely consists of um, players that were in Penticton, a lot of junior guys, guys that you'd expect to be going back to junior or will unequivocally be going back to junior at some point. Um, Still some PTOs in there. But I think, you know, this is where we start to get an idea – starting tomorrow of how the coaching staff wants to kind of lay things out you know there is usually a more veteran laden uh first first game because it's a home game yep and you know you'll get your vets in there and then it's kind of um you know mixed as it goes along and then performance kind of dictates a little bit of how they draw up these rosters 100 percent. and you know what else is coming into picture here is a little bit of the system play as well Uh, sure first couple of days of camp um you kind of get the basics, a lot of the fundamentals, a lot of conditioning, trying to get the guys back up to speed. Uh, there's a little bit more time spent on what we might see throughout the regular season now in terms of how they want to mm-hmm. play structurally. And yeah. I thought that was pretty fascinating because that ties directly into our conversation with Rasmus Anderson today as we kind of start to break some of that down and look ahead to how this Flames team might look this year. Yeah, and exactly how it affects uh, the D specifically, which you know I think that's probably where you start to see the biggest change. And uh, it has been interesting, for sure, to see Absolutely. kind of how Ryan Huska is wanting his team to play in the defensive zone and how that might affect the offense because you know it's clear that pace, um, getting up ice is a priority and will be a priority for this team, which you love to see. But you know I think we talked about it earlier in the week. It, that won't matter if you can't get the puck out of your own zone or you can't get the puck on your sticks. So I think... You know, we've seen uh, a real priority on, on D-zone coverages, responsibilities and assignments, some coaching going on, and I'm sure there will be some, you know, some interest, intricacies that the you know, players will have to learn about the system. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be completely reinventing the wheel. It'll be similar to systems they've played in the past. Yep. So Tweaks. Little tweaks. Yeah, little tweaks, little assignments. But I think, you know, we've heard some good reviews to this point and um, none more so than what we heard from Rasmus Anderson. So maybe without further ado, let's just get to uh, number four, Rasmus Anderson joining us on the podcast to talk all things early training camp. Day three in the books, Rasmus Anderson stops in and uh, Rasmus, it's been uh, it's been intense out there just watching you guys go. It's pretty good skate, but uh, how are the legs feeling uh couple days into camp here oh it feels good um you know i think the first and the second day for sure was a little bit tougher today today was a little bit more systems and uh 
but yeah, the the pace is up, and uh, I feel like the young uh, the young players are really pushing, and uh, they're bringing the pace up too. So um, oh, it's been it's been good so far for our group, at least. Awesome. Well, well, we'll get into some of the hockey stuff here in a second, but I want to go back because it's really our first chance to kind of talk to you after the off season and maybe get you know a little bit of uh, insight into what you got up to. So, uh, what did you uh, spend most of your summer months doing? Sorry. <laughs> no yeah, uh, we, uh, me and the family flew uh, to Spain from Calgary. Uh, we stayed there for about three weeks. Um, it was beautiful. The weather was perfect, 25 to 27 every day. And, um, yeah, we kind of just, you know, landed there, got into the jet lag, and um, and just honestly enjoyed some vacation and time time to ourselves, uh, you know, with the way we travel <laughs> during the season. It was uh it was nice to just get that time with the family, and um, my dad was there too, so I hung out with him a little bit. And um, yeah, then we flew back to uh, Malmo where we live, and um, didn't really do a whole lot. Played <laughs> golf, uh, worked out, and uh, spent a lot of time with the family. Yep. I feel like that's the that's uh, important, especially uh, as I said, with the amount we travel, and uh, you know, you, you you miss quite a bit with your family as a hockey player, and yep. um, so I feel like. Uh, once you're home, you kind of just want to spend as much time as you can, especially now when I have a son. And, um, and yeah, just hang out with him and watching him grow up and uh, be a good father. He must be, what, just over a year old now? Oh, Is that two. Two he, years yeah, old. Yeah, he turned wow, two geez. in uh, August. So, uh, wow. yeah, it was born time here. Flies. Yeah. Jeez, was that Ben's, like, first uh, adventure, I guess, with you guys? Um, or? Well, he's been with us uh, for uh, All-Star break every year. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I went to Mexico last year, so uh, yeah, he's been around for being two years old. That's for sure. <laughs> Pretty good flyer at this point. Uh, no, he. Uh, <laughs> the only way he sleeps is his own bed. So yeah. um, you know, he was up for the entire flight up here. That's from like 10 p.m. Calgary time to three. He was up to 3:30 Calgary time. Oh boy. So. Yeah, but he uh, he managed uh, the flight really well. He wasn't sad at all, and he nice. kind of just want to run around. But uh, you know, me and my wife are like, "Oh, come on, bud, just <laughs> just, just give just us a few hours. Just give us like two <laughs> hours so we can, you know, actually sit in our seats." Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he did well. But he just he can't sleep unless he sleeps in his own bed. Yeah. So he's pretty good at home then, from yeah. that perspective. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. He's he's great at home. He's a great sleeper. Ever since he was six months, he's been sleeping through the night. So. Uh, that's that's massive for me and uh, for, you know for the wife when we travel. So um, no, he's uh, he's doing great and um, starting daycare on Monday. So it will be good for him to you know hang out with some kids and uh, you know it's he's getting pretty bored at home uh, <laughs> after after a few hours. So uh, it'll be good for him. Wow, that's great, man. Uh, switching gears a little bit, obviously the on ice stuff, and you know there's been so much talk over the first couple of days here about. Uh, culture change, the mood around the dressing room. You're obviously a big part of the leadership group here. So I'm curious, do you do you sense that there's a different vibe around the rink these days? And maybe can you put your finger on why that is? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's a different vibe. I feel like every year you go into a new sure. season, right? And, uh, you know, I, I think from, I don't want to talk too much about last year, but yep. I feel like from last year, you know, it, it almost felt like, everything was new to a lot of people, you know, it's, you know, we had our two best players leave. Yep. You know, it, it kind of, it was, you know, almost looked around uh, who was going to be the player, you know, who was going to score the goals. And 
But anyways, um, so yeah, you, you come into the season and, you know, for the new guys from last year to come into their second year, you can just tell right away how how much more comfortable everyone is around each other. And, you know, there's there's great mood in the dressing room. You know, we joke around, we, we laugh, we, you know, we have fun together. And uh, uh, I talked about it a little bit before, but, you know, you have fun at the, at the rink, in the dressing room and, you know, around each other. But once you're on the ice... Um, you know, you try to make each other better and uh, you, you try to go out every practice and just have a good skate. And I feel like we've had a really good skate so far. And um, so, yeah, just to see everyone back and, uh, you know, the excitement that, you know, you joke around with each other in the room and that kind of stuff. So uh, the first uh, three days has been great so far. And that's kind of the irony, too. We're only three days in, but really you guys have all kind of been here for a while and you're getting your, your informal skates in well before training camp. But uh, I think it was last week or so, that photo on social media about you guys going out and playing golf together. And I have to imagine that getting some good team building like that early in the season can be beneficial for a team. But do you kind of sense that, too, that it was good for the group to get together and, um, like you said, flush last year and move on to what you're focused on this year? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, first of all, Kananaskis, what a golf course. Not bad. Uh, Wow, it was beautiful. Uh, But, yeah, it was great to just uh, head out there with kind of just the boys. And, uh, uh, you know, I think we were five groups. We had a two-man scramble. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun to just – you know, not talk hockey and just, you know, to hang uh, hang out with each other. And, um, and especially when you haven't seen everyone for a little while and um, to just get back in the rhythm, you know, with the chirps and all that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it was great to see the guys. And as I said, we, you know, we, we have fun. And uh, uh, But once we're on the ice, you know, it's, it's practice and we work hard. And then, you know, we chirp each other again in the dressing room about the practice. So, uh, you know, the, the energy is there, the, the mood is there. And um, so, you know, I, you know, you feel great so far. Well, speaking of chirps, I know that, you know, we were talking earlier about your favorite Flames TV reporter, and I think Brendan Parker had something to do with that, but you're not joining this, are you? You You're sticking it out? (laughs) He's just an observer today. Hey, Razzy, how you doing? (laughs) No comment. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Appreciate your time. Uh, Again, on the ice. Okay, so we're t- you, you talked a little bit about system play and things like that. And, uh, you know, Ryan Huska was, was sort of giving us a little bit of insight into maybe what the strategy might be this year. A little bit more of a kind of a zone coverage instead of man-on-man. Um, do you think that's beneficial for this team and you know, correcting some of the issues that maybe uh, you encountered last year in the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, as a D-man, I remember last year, you know, you... If they had, you know, motion in, in the zone, I was almost playing... Uh, at the blue line and I'm a D man. I'm like, you know, yeah. it's, you know, you can only trust your forwards that much. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it's, um, Oh, it's good. It's better. And I think, uh, you know, we can win the puck a little bit quicker and better. And, and then, uh, you know, we can, I think we can get four guys in the rush a little bit more often instead of three. And, uh, because you feel like, you know, you were just chasing your guy around all last year and then, you know, you almost have to change because, um, you know, retired after a 20-second shift in the sure. because we were just running around. And I feel like now, you know, if we win the puck a little bit quicker, you know, get it into our forward hands and we can go on a four-on-three or a four-on-two and, you know, we can get a little bit more odd man rushes. And for you too, right? You, you 
like to join the rush and get involved offensively and not just on the rush we're seeing it in practice here early it seems like there's a bit of an emphasis on activating the blue liners in zone as well can that be beneficial for this team as you look to create a little bit more offense and get some of the creativity going yeah i mean for sure i think uh, i think we have a lot of skill in the back end and uh, you know i think we're pretty spread out you know we have five six seven eight really good defensemen and um and um so i feel like you know uh just give the puck to D-Man and we'll take care of the rest, you know. <laughs> Last one for you, Raz, because I know you got to get going. Uh, you're obviously no stranger to Ryan Huska, and we talked about this in the summer when he was hired, but three days in, seeing him coach at this level, at least from our perspective in the stands, he seems to bring a great level of detail to his practices. I'm assuming not a surprise to you, no. uh, but what's it been like so far? No, it's as you say, he's, he's very detailed, and he knows exactly what he wants from every player and, you know, from the team perspective, and... Uh, you know, it's 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 new for everyone, right, with the systems, and uh, that's why it's good to have such a detailed coach uh, who really who really knows what he wants to see from everyone and uh, from each situation. You know, you can ask him. You know, I think I've asked him too many questions already about the new system, but it's uh, you know he always he always has the answer for it, and um, and it's good that you can have that open communication with the coach. Great stuff, Razzy. Thanks for yeah, your time, man. Of course, thanks. So a conversation there from uh, Rasmus Anderson, Ryan Dietrich, and uh, one of the interesting things that came from it is sort of the conversation around those little subtle tweaks that we see in the, uh, in the new system. And, you know, I think we can watch it in practice and you understand that there is a little bit of coaching going on. There is a little bit of, you know, small tweaks that come with it. I'm sure they'll iron out and use the preseason for it, but it's interesting to hear his perspective as a defenseman and maybe the benefits of, uh, of how it'll look in the D zone. Um, you can kind of see it, though, in terms of watching the practices and, um, you know, the zone, the zone defense versus the man-on-man. No longer will we see the defenseman up near the blue line. And I suppose, you know, as Rasmus said, there were some positive impacts to it. Um, what do we expect to see, and how does, it, um, how does it translate to the rest of their game? I'm really interested to see, like, because you can tell through the first three days of training camp that there are that there are differences, and you can tell that there are some uh, there's certain times when they stop a practice and say, "Hey, when guy goes there, you need mm. to switch," and and then you know another player takes him, and and so I'm curious to see if that can maybe cut down on some of the breakdowns we saw last season, and I think that was one of the things that even as the season was coming to an end and as we were talking after the season, that was one of the things that was maybe the most lamentable is that they were a really good team in terms of shot suppression. They were a really good team in terms of how much zone time they gave up. But when the breakdowns happened, it was... They were they were kind of catastrophic, and they ended up being high end scoring opportunities against. And so, if you can, and I even remember talking to Ryan Huska a couple times now leading up to camp. He's talked about how maybe they spend a little bit more time in their own zone than they did last year. Maybe there's a little bit more time defending, mm-hmm. but if you can defend without giving up those catastrophic breakdowns and without giving up those really high quality scoring opportunities, it'll help them in the long run so I'm, I'm really curious to see how it plays itself out and 
you know, even talking to any of the defensemen so far through camp, that's been that's been the talk. Like they're like, yeah, there's some changes, but we're looking mm-hmm. forward to those changes. And I think it it seems like everybody's on board with those changes. Well, it's one of those systematic changes too that you hope has a fairly drastic effect on the goaltending too, because we we saw it when you're giving up those, as you said, catastrophic chances. I mean, that you're putting your goalie in a pretty tough spot when he's maybe not facing a ton of the volume like we were talking about, but the chances are so high quality. For me, though, and, and, and Rasmus talked to the, about this as well, the fascinating part is when you're defending like that in your zone, and as Rasmus said, maybe chasing a guy up top and, and relying on the forwards behind you, that's a lot of skating. That's a lot of mileage on the defenseman, and they're, mm-hmm. we're seeing so much of the focus here in camp on activation from the D and how they can get involved offensively, whether that's off the rush or in zone. But literally, we're talking about fatigue at this point. So if you're not maybe not having some of that gas in the tank to be able to get up and join the rush like you'd like to, that can kind of prohibit some of the offense. So maybe, too, if this allows them to keep some in the reserves and get more involved, join the rush, as we know a guy like Rasmus Anderson loves to do, I think that can feed into some of the creativity that Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy were talking about. Yeah, not using as much energy in your own zone. And, and it, and it like in theory, now obviously, you know, it still has to be executed. You still have to, you know, uh, master your assignments, but it's... But in theory, you know, that setup in your own zone will also allow for a little bit more flexibility. If there is a mistake, you know, you can get a little extra help. Yep. You can get it help quicker. Yeah. You know, you have guys that are in position that aren't fully solely focused on their guy. And, and as you said, maybe those mistakes aren't as grand as they were at times last year because that is what a goalie's for, and he's going he's gonna to help cover those up. But there's only so many you know, wide-open looks that, that a goalie's going to be able to stop, especially with the way shooters are nowadays. Well, and if you watch and, and, and even watching on day three here on this Saturday, watching them go through their drills and how much this coaching staff is really pushing the, like, out of your zone as quick mm-hmm. as possible and those up passes from the blue liners I think it's really interesting that you can hear the coaches yelling like up 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 they want mm-hmm. it off that stick yes. really really quickly and so much of last year you know there was was they wanted to spend less time in the defensive zone but a lot of that is as we were talking about the man on man and was all about killing plays and and yep. you know breaking plays up and that was how they were getting out of their own zone well this way maybe they spend a little bit more time without the puck on their stick but then as soon as they have the puck on their stick it's being conditioned in them from day one at camp that it is out and they want yep. as soon as as soon as that puck gets turned over or changes possession everybody's head is turning and going the other way and so I think that's an effective way of making it so even if there are you know over a 60 second shift if there's another six or seven seconds spent defending you're still getting it out quick enough that you can transition it to the other end of the ice and it's not damaging you so I think that's kind of the the theory that they're working at right now the the real focus on trying to get that puck off a defender's sticks really quickly and getting it up to the forwards and moving the other way I think that'll help in the transition game too if our listeners noticed our voices getting a little more sultry, yeah. it is deathly quiet in the Scotiabank saddled home right yes. now. Ryan Huska at the whiteboard instructing the troops. But hey, that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring you right inside the rink here on day three of camp. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff there. Uh, Brendan, I'm just curious from your perspective too, because you made a comment to me during practice. 
Pat, you alluded to some of the coaching that's going on. Ryan Husk is really hands-on with all players, but especially the D-men. That's obviously his pedigree and his experience coaching at this level. Um, it's impressive to see because this is a guy who's working with his players, and I like the word you use there, Pat, conditioning them to understand that this is the new norm. Well, it's, I mean, he, he said right from the day he was hired, I mean, he's had this training camp, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways mapped out for the better part of a couple of months now, yeah. right? So as he's going through these, he has an image, he has a vision of how he wants to see everything executed, how he wants to see everything look. And, uh, and you can tell, I mean, uh, yeah, detailed is the best word I can use. Every, every single drill, um, you know, the pace of the drill, like at one point he was yelling, like, let's go red, let's go red, like just to get the drill started. I mean, the pace is right there from start. But it's also the execution, and I think he's demanding that, and that's what we've heard. That's what everyone talked about when he was hired is, like, yeah, he's a fantastic human being. That's one thing that will jump out at you when you get a chance to meet him. But he's also, you know, a really detailed coach who expects a lot, and I think, you know, that's kind of spoken for itself so far through this uh, camp. Oh, and we're seeing it in the drills, too. There's a lot of really functional game situational type drills here. Not Mm -hmm. to say maybe that didn't exist in the past, but we're – getting to know Ryan Huska just as much as he's getting to know the players. But it is interesting insight, Pat, in terms of the uh, new direction of the Calgary Flames because it seems so much like we've talked about culture change, we've talked about the vibe in the dressing room, but now we're starting to see it on the ice. And then as you get closer to those preseason games, as Brendan and I talked about off the top, this is when you it all starts to come together. Still very slowly because we have nine preseason games ahead of us, but with one coming up tomorrow night, you're getting a sense of what this team's going to look like and how Ryan Huska expects them to Well, play. And, and it's funny because, you know, there's when, when Daryl was coaching the team, like they never spent a second at the whiteboard. Like yeah, everything none. was, you were, you were expected to know the drill. They had the drill in the locker room. They were posted. They were posted. You knew it. And then you go out there and practices were really quick. Each one of the training camp practices so far i think they've gone almost exactly an hour yep. and and there's been a little time at the whiteboard not a ton but usually like when we were whispering midway five through, minutes ago kind of midway through that <laughs> about midway through they do a quick little reload at the whiteboard but yep. for the most part it's been hey the the guys know the drills and they do the drills but it's kind of a hybrid of there's still some teaching time in there but also the the coaching staff's prepared the group really well for each training camp session so it's just interesting to see the the different approaches that each coach takes other coaches spend a lot of time drawing stuff up on the whiteboard it's kind of been in between so far well gents a couple days in now it's time to play some games three and two nights over the next couple of days so we'll take a break from the uh, daily sufficient round table that we've termed this uh, get in some game action, and we'll be back on, uh, well, not Tuesday. That's a day off. Yeah, and so maybe Tuesday Wednesday, a day Thursday? off? Okay. Yeah, and oh, may- see, breaking news, yes. And maybe, and maybe some news to go along with that by the time you kind of get to middle of next week, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, cut you downs. Know, yeah, I would think that you're probably not carrying three groups, three full groups, and there's a bunch of kids in that third group that are here on PTOs that are likely headed back to their junior team. So I would yep. think that the camp roster starts to trim just a little bit, and then with three games – you know, really two full opportunities for players to do something, you know, that kind of shapes the way the rest of the preseason goes. So it should be fun. Absolutely. See you in a few days. <laughs>